to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? You're drowning and I throw you a life jacket. Would you grab it? Yes. Good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. Hello, welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tamama Spett Weber on the board. SP Futures up 14. NASDAQ Futures up 56. This is after two big days last week where we closed out last week with a pretty big win. It was our first one in like four. So, uh, anywho, the, uh, the, um, uh, so we'll see what happens this week. We've got interesting stuff. We've got Biden over in Europe still. We've, uh, we have Mr., uh, Mr. Greg. Morning, Chief. How are you? Good. How are you, bud? What's going on? Kicking butt, taking names. Uh, well, that's a good thing. So you're you're, you're riding this uh, uh, commodity thing just like just like you're, you're riding a horse, right? I am flat, and it feels great. Um, you don't use that. T- don't use that term on the security side as much. <laughs> security side, maybe uh, long bias. I'm assuming. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, because it's always going to go up. The Fed's always on your side, and it's one of those kind of things. But the uh, one of my uh, one of my guys uh, did a covered right for somebody, and I don't know what stock it was, Apple or something. Not one of my guys, one of the guys I work with. And the stock was up eleven dollars, and he lost a dollar in a call, and the guy was pissed. What are you selling calls for? Well, look, look sounds like a ninety percent winner to me, or yeah, that, but that's you know, you're you're uh, it's it's not the way it's. I get to get the call, and if it goes up, then you what are you doing messing around with my stock? You know, kind of one of those deals. It was uh, so you sent me. You could buy the call back. I mean, it's not the end of the world. Oh, oh, oh we lost the buck on it. <laughs> so if you lose a dollar, but you make nine dollars, the nine, but the nine is $9. there. The nine is there. The nine is the stack that the person knew was going to go up all along, and it was only some moron that sold it down because they, they knew it was going to go up. After all, the guys in the well, TV station like should have been buying the calls, chief. Oh, uh, obviously, that? yeah. But uh, it's it's a, it's an interesting world. One of the hardest things. Just trying to get people to look at the entire position because it's not really. It's what do you mean? I knew it was going to go up. Okay then. The uh, well, if I have a hundred dollar portfolio and it goes up ten dollars, I mean, if yeah. you lose one dollar after that, that's a big no no. Yeah, it's uh. So how many people end up having at the the big parade yesterday? The uh, um, I was watching on Twitter. Surprisingly enough, you know, not a whole lot of uh, incidents. So every every politician's got to be in the parade, right? I think so. Yeah, you've got. You, it, it, why don't why don't <laughs> I was going to say why don't people realize that in order to be a political force, you got to act like one? I mean, it's uh, you got you got to make it make people know that you're that you're out there watching, whether it be the older people, whether it be gay people, whatever it is. I mean, you've got to. So to be a political force, let's let's see. <laughs> No term limits, no ethics. Oh, I didn't say no. I didn't say no. I'm just saying you have to come up with some cash. You can't just criticize. You've got to be part of the. You got to let people know that you're watching, because then all of a sudden they pay attention to you. Otherwise, they don't. I mean, that's our system. I might your own cash or other people's cash. Well, that's the beauty of it. If you become a bundler, then you're even better up. Right. I think I know what we should do. I think we should become bundlers. Who, who are we bundling for? I can't. Think well, that's of the one thing. Person. You can't be. You can't be like your buddy. 
Uh, your buddy's leaving town, Matty. You know, uh, what's his name? Citadel. Ken Griffin, allegedly. Now, the reason why he's really leaving town is he's pointed up like 50 mil for the election. Like every one of his people are losing. So he's mad at the citizenry of Illinois, I think is what it is. Well, he's good at picking stocks. I guess not so much politicians. He's Although they did win that one battle with uh, about the income tax in Illinois, I believe it was supposed to go up to eight, and he fought that a bunch. But well, so did Pritzker's that sister. Did not pass. So did Pritzker's sister. Pritzker <laughs> was, was, was one of the biggest. Put up most of the money for the amendment. His sister was put up the same amount against him. I suppose that Thanksgiving dinner went. Uh, this is not, not probably a little tense in some. <laughs> yeah, a little tense. I mean, uh, <laughs> the uh, I, I don't know. I can't. It's hard for me to even describe today's world. So I'm adding Maybe they should have settled at like trading places where you know you bet a dollar and then. Are, are we going to? So I'm just on a ride. I uh, went to my bros who lives in Evergreen Park for dinner last night with his his gang, and uh, but I was driving in from Orland and I see this guy. I'm assuming he's Caucasian. Flies around me. This is on Central Avenue. You know, speed limit's 30, 40, say. Guy flies around me at like 60. And I'm thinking, I have a feeling he's not going to stop for that red light. Blows right through it. The next red light, he blows right through it. Well, he, there was a car in front of him that he had to spin around. He just missed this lady and her dog starting across the street. Right, I've seen. I'm sitting there watching. I would. I mean, I don't know who I'm going for first to try and help the lady or the dog, but I, I'm sitting there. What is wrong with these people? So then, coming home from my brother's on 99th Street, which is a, uh, um, you know, it's it's a residential street, but it's a through street because that's where the expressway entrance is. There's a bunch of stop signs. There's like three people to stop sign, but it's not. It's not taking you too much time. Some guy flies through the right lane. And blows a stop sign without even, without even any vision because there's cars next to them, maybe 35, 40 miles an hour. And does it again on the next street. Then he pulls into this gas station. He's only going to the gas station. Of course, guy pulls out and it's the, you know, the dreadlock black guy. Is, is everybody high? Is everyone, I mean, what, is, what is going, I mean, does anybody have no concept of how dangerous that is? How you couldn't see either another car or another person in a, in a residential neighborhood? Is, do we, are these people that stupid? I mean, both of them? It's not like it's a racial thing. We had one white, one black, all two hours apart. But does anybody think that, that going through a... a well, it's one thing to go through a red light. It's quite another to go through when you block yourself from any kind of view and you don't even know if anybody's there. Do they, do they not even know that? Or, I mean, well, where do these people go to school? Or where, or where do they, where, where how do they grow up? Just ask. I, mean, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> Who, what kind of electronic stuff is set up out there? I haven't... Are there the speed cameras at least? Oh no, these are stop signs. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the thing is, there's there's no police anywhere. And any, you know, I, I drove on the Ryan last night. Had the obligatory three people on the shoulder going 100 miles an hour, a few guys going 100, you know, that type of thing, changing lanes all over the place. One guy almost whacked me on the Kennedy. Came across three lanes. He almost ran into me. There's nobody there in his jeep. And then he just he kept wandering back and forth without any, without any headlights on. On the shoulder to the back. Is the guy, these people all must be high. All you do is smoke pot anywhere you go. Anyway. I don't know if you saw on Friday, uh, what was that, the 24th? I think four people were killed on just that night. Well, there was, there was a massive group downtown, and we left. Stayed downtown a little while, and I left. There had to be 20 state police squad cars right in front of the office. 
all these state state troopers all down here, and you know, they were, I was talking to a couple of them, and I go, "Well, there was a concert in Soldier Field. There was a dead concert. I think it was a concert in Soldier Wrigley. Field. Right? There was a concert in Wrigley, and and it was you know, how many people down here for Roe versus Wade? So I think they. I said, well, you got, which, "What are you guys down here for?" And the guy goes, "All of the above." I said, "Well, good luck. Have a safe night." You know, I mean, uh, I don't know. We had that many state police. There had to be fifty of them on our block right here, and the, the crowd of cars coming down the Eisenhower into the city. Everybody's trying to get here. I don't know if the protests or the cancer or what they were doing, but uh, anywho. Uh, yeah, the, what I saw was Friday was four people shot and killed, I believe, and then Sunday again it was it was uh, I think three. Well, that's not bad. Most during the day. Oh yeah, it's, it's during the day now. That's that's the, that's the craziest part. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it, it, and it's any neighborhood. So that's why people are way more concerned about it than they were 20 years ago. Because the numbers are actually better than they were like 20 years ago, which is scary as, as scary as it can be. But So uh, tell me what's going on. Our, uh, so our, our, I am always long gold. I finally get a win now that we're, we're blocking, uh, uh, allegedly blocking imports from Russia. If you can't tell if you're getting oil from there, how the hell are you going to tell if you're getting gold? At least you can tell where the oil came from. Can, is there any chance of telling where gold came from? I'm thinking no. I don't think so. There's been speculation that they're going to be selling at 30% discounts to both both oil and gold. I bet they're not selling at that much of a discount. The things I'm reading, they, they claim that the uh, uh, the Europeans have spent, they've essentially given Russia more aid than they've given Ukraine. That Russia's got, is getting way more money coming to their place now before the war. I think uh, Ukraine has been given a total of $100 billion so far. They're not doing so hot, looking yeah. for more. So, where's that going to come from? All right, you want to do Friday? See, you're, you're, you're way behind on this. We only had, uh, as of today, we only had eight killed and twenty-five wounded. And that's not bad. Twenty twenty-one, we were twelve killed and uh, sixty-nine wounded. <clears throat> the year before, uh, twenty killed, forty-seven wounded. So we had a three spot at Friday at three in the afternoon. Eighty-one hundred King Drive. Uh, and a six-month-old baby shot in the head and killed. This is all in the afternoon on Friday. Then we have a two-spot at South Shore Drive. Six-year-old baby. I mean, what, is there any is there any low that we can get here before people wake up, or is it just a blur now? It's uh, it's it's. It, they're focusing on something. I'm not sure why it's not this, but they're. I, Lightfoot's probably spinning the wheels doing something, and you'd imagine this has to be higher. Higher up on the priorities, sir. But I I don't know. Did the Brown Brown is the police chief, right? Yeah, but now we got at three twenty on Saturday. We got three people shot on King Drive. Three twenty five, Ken uh, North Kenneth. That's west. Four thirty, six forty five p.m. A guy killed at one hundred thirty second. This is all in the afternoon. I guess you can see people better in the afternoon. Nothing, there's like nothing. Well, I guess it starts at one thirty in the morning on Sunday. See, Sunday we've got. Uh, 1.15 p.m. at 300 South Pulaski, some guy killed. 1.15, there was a two-spot there. Then 85th and Hall said 5.50. This is broad daylight. On a beautiful day. I mean, it's like pretty crazy. So what uh, is every single commodity? I, the uh, We actually drove toward Joliet on Saturday night. Audrey wanted to go to her favorite restaurant. And uh, allegedly was going to buy... It didn't work out exactly like that. Imagine that. Just saying. 
But I'll tell you what, just all's good in the world, Manny. There's, there's a, it's like this old supper club kind of place. It's really, I mean, the food's great. So, uh, Audrey gets these, the, the petite, uh, prime rib, right? Which is as big as the plate, about an inch and a half thick, two inches thick. How that could be the plate, how there could possibly be two sizes bigger than that, I can't even imagine. Of course, she likes hers, like, running out of the kitchen on its own, which, of course, I don't like that at all. Uh, so, she's telling me how delicious it was, and I should have a bite. I go, if I'm going to have a bite, we got to go cook it first, you know, type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, there's, there's a table next to us, like 10 people. Evidently, it was their 62nd wedding anniversary. Matty, you going to make 62? Uh, why not? Why not? And uh, Nothing else to do. No, and I... And, uh, I tell you what, everybody looked great, and they had all of all their buddies. So all of a sudden, the guy, the guy started. They got a little, you know, a guy playing a piano. That's the name, Supper Club. So he starts playing uh, New York, New York, and three of the ladies get up, and they've got to be in their eighties. They start doing the the line kick thing. They did. They did, they did not miss a beat. They were absolutely on. <laughs> they were better on beat than the guy doing the song. I'm sitting there going. I said, "Oh, these people had to be Hellraisers when they were 35." She goes, "You got it." Then they all come up to the bar. And one guy orders a shot. What is the difference between a shot and a shooter? Is it, I know it's a different size glass, but is it the same amount of booze? Or we serve two ounces. So, but isn't the shooter the tall skinny? Sure. called tall skinny shot glass. I'm not sure. That's what I'm asking. Uh, a jigger, maybe. Might be, but it's a, it's a different shaped glass. You know, the shot glass is the one that kind of gets wider when it comes up, type of thing. This is the one that's just straight up and down. It looks like a regular. Looks like a Tom Collins glass, only it's, a sh- it's real small. Anyway, so they all come up and have a shot. It's probably like two ounces. Well, get a load of this. This you guys would never do this because you you charge more. They, they, their wine pours a third of a bottle. So if you get three drinks, you drink the whole bottle. I'm like, Ey. but I used to having three glasses of wine and having it be a whole bottle. That that doesn't happen anyway. Whoa, yeah, yeah, no kidding. So uh, I thought it was a little heavy. The guy, the guy goes, yep. I have my third one. The guy goes, uh, well, there you go. It's a, I'm just right. It was exactly perfect. We used, we do three to a bottle, and I'm thinking, good Lord, good thing, you know, whatever. But <laughs> we could think of anybody before dinner drinks or anything like that. But I mean, it was, we had a nice time. So, you know, there's, there's good in this world still. These people, you know, they're happy as a clam, 62 years, gotta love them. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they never, never, the can can up on the, yeah, pretty, the, pretty much in, uh, <laughs> in front of the piano. You know what? They, you, I don't know. I don't. They, they sure didn't seem like they thought they were old, which is good for them. All right. So what? Uh, what specifically? Every you sent me a bunch of charts last night. Every commodity is pretty much headed south, although gas prices are a little sticky. Uh, what's been the biggest move? Is, is it just? I was going to say on the way to Joliet. It looks like the corn crop is all in. I'm going to say it's not as high at this time as last year. Last year was damn near waist high by the Fourth of July. This it's knee high at least. Yeah, uh, correct. We've had some uh, changes in the forecast, and I think the economy uh, forecasts are also kind of looking worse than they did. And when those both kind of, well, when the weather shifts for you and the economy shifts against you, that's mostly bearish. So you've seen them come off about 20% from highs. Were they, were they just too high, though, do you think? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, too high means... You know that's subjective, but well, when where did where, have, like where did corn get? I think it's at ten bucks, did it? Which one? It was corn. It never made it to ten bucks, did it? 
Uh, let me check real quick for you. I think you got pretty close, but uh, but at ten bucks, I mean, a, a farmer can complain all he wants, but I think he's making a lot of money at ten bucks, even with yeah. the, even with the higher price of fertilizer and and diesel and stuff. It looks I think. like the high was like eight twenty ish. And soybeans are what fourteen and a half or something. And, and still, soybeans got all the way up to like eighteen. Really? Wow. Oh yeah, we're st- we're still fourteen right now. Right. So, with the soybean planting is high because you use less fertilizer, correct? Yeah, it's just a little easier. And what's what's your easier. what's your stuff? Is the is the crush? Uh, explain to everybody what the crush is, and what, that's what you trade, right? The crush is a premium associated with processing the soybean crop. So you get a soybean, you crush it into soy meal, which is animal feed, and soy oil, which is an input in a whole bunch of food uh, food ingredients. And every time you crush the beans, you get those two outputs, and you get a premium associated with it. So that's variated, or that's excuse me, fluctuated anywhere anywhere from sixty cents to two dollars in the past, you know, say three months. And what causes that though? Fluctuate the demand for one or the other that drives it out of our way. So the bean oil really went uh, higher the past few months, and that took the crush up. And then as the demand for beans came or got bigger, then that's taking the crush back down. So you get these push and pull cycles for the products, and they whip the crush around a whole mu- a whole bunch. I was uh, actually reading one of these. People send me all this chorus stuff, and it was something in there about if you want to have, uh, if you want to go on a protein diet, a really good protein diet, and you're not going to have any meat, that the best thing to do is take some of the, take some stuff from soybeans because there's more protein there, more animal-like protein than in any other plant. Is that is that true? That soybeans are like. Uh, I know that ADM sells a lot to the fake meat companies, so I believe. Uh, either Impossible or Beyond are mainly uh, beans from ADM, Archer Daniels Midland. Okay, because, yeah, they were talking about various various parts of the soybean. I soybeans is a spectacular plant. I mean, does it taste like... <laughs> it was a, Matt, do you remember the... Uh, I won't say very attractive, but she was very attractive. The lady from California used to bartend up at the Buckingham. Uh, blonde yep. hair. Yep. Um, was, was she a Carolyn? There were two Carolyns in a row, right? I don't, anyway... Uh, she didn't have an ounce of fat on her. <laughs> Greg, beautiful girl, and she go on one, and she was really into, uh, uh, you know, eating healthy. And she'd go on one of these cleanses every once in a while. I'm thinking, what are you doing? You're 110 pounds on a bad day. But she, anyway, but she'd come in with the big, big bowl of soybeans for everybody at the bar, was sloshing down booze, and just be. She'd bring it in. Everybody's eating the soybeans like they were peanuts. Just eat something while you're drinking, I guess. But, <laughs> By the way, the guy goes, these things don't taste like very much. What are they? She goes, oh, they're always soybeans. And the guy's like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing eating soybeans? But you know what? If you're talking to her, you eat whatever, whatever she said you're supposed to eat, I guess. But uh, anyway. But there was Working a, for her. Oh, she was real nice. Real nice. And she ended up being a host at some place. She, was she a teacher, Manny, or something? She had a, a real career. She had, she had very nice. But uh, they had a string of really, really good bartenders up there. One of the ladies was studying for, to be a, a physician's assistant. I mean, they were all... I mean, really good people, and a couple guys that like own places. Plus, we had—I remember Nick. He, he worked up there. He was a producer of ours for a while. And then he got a, a, a good job and come back. He really misses being here. I still hear from him once in a while. Nice guy. Uh, anyway, so we're, now are we going to be quiet the rest of the summer, or are these 
we, we we're way up and now we're we're back back down twenty percent and is this it or, or uh, so for grains we're we're uh, set on June thirtieth. There's a, another report that's coming out that's going to uh, provide some clarity because mostly the March numbers are are estimates and guesses and you don't they're notoriously inaccurate. So now they're going to revise them in a couple of days here and then. I, they're thinking right now I'm you know a dollar and a half move in the beans probably or or maybe fifty cents in the corn, just big moves what uh what about oil I'll save the best to last what what's oil doing? What are you guys thinking for me, I'm thinking probably uh, maybe one twenty or one twenty five really if, say more yeah if, if Russia keeps it up and see I, I think it's kind it of like a, the volatility is around like 40 percent or 45 percent it's it's not <laughs> it's not unheard of that's for sure no I've got uh, a lot of uh, the clients the same people who wanted out of uh, XLE when it was 30 now now one in but it's it's down from uh, X, where did XLE get up to I mean, it's it had a big drop here too let me click it up XLE is the oil piece of the uh, Traded like what ninety two, and now it's down to seventy two. So it ran up from just in the last year from forty five to over ninety. Now back down. So it's had a big move back down. What um, didn't Warren Buffett pick up a whole bunch of Chevron? I think he did. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Chevron's probably. I mean, Tommy Shannon used to say that was the the best oil company in his opinion because every year Exxon. What well, he used to say, man, it, it, they sold more than they found. And Chevron was always just, they always managed to find a little more than they sold, so it was actually a better company going on. It used to be that Exxon was, I mean, we're talking 20 years ago, that Exxon was the, was the one you always wanted, and Chevron was the, you know, the, the little stepsister, but not anymore. I think, I think Chevron might be the, the more progressive of the two. Uh, anyway, but the. Well, like you've been saying, the, they've been on TV, and there's been this big conflict between the government and the oil companies about incentives for the future. Yeah, I don't know how you, uh, the one that I, that I can't even begin to deal with is this, uh, this, uh, Schlumberger. I mean, I don't know what, if you're, these guys are, uh, if you, if you go to, uh, more, and they, if we, if, let's say, if we go to five years on the graph, uh, chart, sorry. Um, all you need is about a month. That, that stock has gotten obliterated. Well, they, they, they were 80 bucks in 2018. Now these guys are the other than I think it's Exxon, Chevron, and then it was Schlumberger, the third biggest stock in the whole oil patch, right? I think I mean, well, they messed that one up big time. Oh, here they, they're they well, were thirty five or something last time I checked. Well, they went from eighty to fifteen in in, in the first quarter of two twenty twenty twenty, and made it back to forty seven. Now they're back down to thirty five. But man, I, I don't see this thing back at eighty. Do you? Any time in our lifetime. They, they they kind of missed the boat on the fracking, didn't they? And, and well, know. at the during twenty twenty, they lost like ten dollars per share or something ridiculous. Yeah, well, they were down to like I said, they were down to fifteen bucks from. And this has been one of the best investments, pretty much the whole time I've been in the business until the last few years. You, you, anyone just no part of it, but uh, I, I, I'm starting to see, and I see why you're you're bullish on the oil because the, the political piece, but every week. You know, we were kind of relentlessly 25, 30, 35 new rigs in operation. I think despite 
mistrust of the administration regarding the future of the oil business in this country. Uh, simple fact is, the production here is ramping up some because of these prices. <clears throat> I mean, if you're how much are you going to ramp up though? You're already at ninety four percent, you know, capacity for the refiners. Well, yeah, well, I'm not talking. That's a whole different program. I'm talking about actual oil production. I think we're continuing to ramp up now. Could you, now do you think you can ever get a straight word out of those guys? Does that include the two or three that are mysteriously always closed for maintenance? And uh, and now Chicago is what we're back up to being a dollar more than anywhere else because we're doing the, the summertime blend. Or what? What are we doing here? I mean, it's, there's always here. Like, I think we're five plus still. Yeah. Well, it was five eighty seven in the burbs. Now driving into the city, I actually saw five sixty five. But I'm going to say the last time oil was at uh, where are we? We're at what? We're one. I'm going to give it a minute. Were we one one oh seven or something? Last time yeah. oil, oil was at 107. I'm thinking gas was what 420, and now it's 580. It's not even close. Our bob is no inflation. No, our bob is what 380 something, 390 something, and isn't isn't the uh, normal spread between our our bob is by the way the price of wholesale gas in what New York Harbor? Isn't that what that is? Unleaded gas. The thing that I'm watching now is uh, West Texas, and then also on the other side we're watching a. Uh, the Dutch price. So the Dutch price is the price that the Germans pay for, or Europe pays for natural gas. So okay. those two are driving the driving the bus for forecasts. I want to say. Did you ever? Did you ever look? I'm sure you have. At the uh, one of the, we had some guy who uh, we only got a minute here. We we uh, we had some guy who wanted to, me to find him a futures contract on the stuff that we don't let people use anymore. The bunker oil, the grade oh, four, man. whatever. And it turns out, yeah. Well, I mean, you, what the ships have to? Did he also trade VIX futures? Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure, but but he, but the thing is, we're we can't you can't use bunker bunker oils here. Heavy oil that the ships used to use. Now, what you can't use it within 25 miles of shore or something. But of course, we're exporting it to the Chinese because they'll, they'll burn anything. And this guy wanted me to get, get, find him a futures price. There has to be 25 futures prices on various grades of oil around the world. There's like three of them in Rotterdam. I mean, it's unbelievable how many futures countries. Is there somebody who trades all those things, Greg, and, and somehow keeps um, them together? It must be somebody. Yeah, the the big commodity houses will will trade, and and if if there's a big enough spread, they'll convert the the underlying really and ship it. Because I mean, some of these I, mean, I don't even know Rotterdam had exchanges, but evidently they do, and all these various oil commodities and stuff. So you're saying now the that the uh, Germans are trading the, the the German market, they're not our natural gas, or not London. Right, right. The Dutch TTF or whatever price that is is probably, I want to say, trading a hu- more than a hundred vol. So imagine like the imagine the VIX being a hundred plus, and that's how much it's moving per day. They've got the oh. ec- economic minister or whoever's head of their economic policy is saying that their gas prices might double again if they run out of gas in the winter. That's just swell. And then, Greg, thank you very much, buddy. See you during the week. SP Futures up 18 now. NASDAQ Futures up 72. We'll see what's doing with the gold prices. With uh, We'll be right back because we're supposedly uh, blocking Russia exports of gold now. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. 
The Control Freak's Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, and jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, North Bay Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howie. Mr. Brett Warmer on the board. SP Futures up 1950. NASA Futures up 76. We're, com- we're continuing our rally of last week. We can certainly have Thursday and Friday. Dow Futures up uh, 111. Individual stocks in the Dow. Not much, but when Goldman Sachs up a buck and a quarter. McDonald's up a dollar 13. Microsoft up a buck 50. They're mostly green, but nothing, nothing crazy. Nothing like Friday where everything was two, three, four percent. I mean, Friday was a huge up move, which we'll talk about in a second. We're in Europe. We've got the DAX up 115.9%. Puts you up 53.7. Kick around up 8.1. So we're trying to, trying to turn this more into a real rally than a bear market rally. We'll see. Maybe we will. PK up 379. It's 1.4%. Shanghai up 29.8. Hang Seng trying its best to come back here. Up 510, 2.3%, which again, we're still down 7,000 from uh, 29,000 a year ago, but this is the biggest move to the up we've seen there in a while. They've been, they've been, uh, pretty much lost in this 21,000 range, but they're top over 22 today. We'll see if that holds. Friday, we were up 823 in the Dow, two days in a row, like 800 points. So that's a serious rally. Uh, S&P up 116, 3, 3%, NASDAQ up 375, 3.3%. Bonds up five basis points, 317. Went up 10 basis points, 154. Uh, Japan up 3 to uh, 0.25. Uh, UK up 8 to 2.38. Um, oil is up 35 cents, 107.97. Brent up 61 cents, 113.73. Natural gas down 7 cents at 614. Again, I forgot to ask Greg about that. It was 9.30 three weeks ago, so it's down 33%. Arbob up a penny at 390, so at 390, we shouldn't be paying 587 or more in the city. 
Uh, gold up 740, 1837. Silver up 33 cents, 21.46. Copper up a penny, 375. And Bitcoin up 89 bucks, 21,348. So we didn't have our Bitcoin crash over the weekend, which has been hurting us on Mondays. Maddie, what do you got for us? Traffic Weather Sports. 36 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. Off to a great start on the area expressways here on a kind of a chilly Monday morning on uh, June 27th. Uh, but uh, sunny and nice. Uh, we're certainly welcoming it. But off to a good start here. No issues on the Edens or Kennedy. Eisenhower looking good. Uh, we're seeing some traffic build up on the Stevenson around uh, Cicero, but no accidents to report. Southside expressways are all quiet. Only crash in the area is out in the western suburbs, Route 59 at Norwood Lane. But everything else all quiet out there. Weather today, sunshine, mild temperatures, a high of just 71, uh, which is obviously well below normal and uh, a lot cooler than it's been lately. We'll warm back up uh, later on this week, but enjoy a nice low humidity, low temp day today. Right now it's clear and 65, so open up those windows. For our Phoenix listeners, partly cloudy with a high of 104. Right now it's clear and 79. In sports, the White Sox were able to salvage the final game of their uh, weekend series against Baltimore, beating the Orioles 4-3. to Cubs rallied from a 5-0 deficit to top the Cardinals 6-5 to in 10 innings. It was the Diamondbacks blowing out the Tigers 11-7. to So as we take a Monday morning look at our Major League Baseball standings, White Sox have been struggling, winning just four of their last ten, uh, but they're still just five and a half out in the AL Central, 34-37, and 37, uh, five and a half games behind Minnesota, who uh, has won two in a row. The Cubs are having a dismal season, as we know, in spite of taking two or three down in St. Louis. 28-45 and 45 on the year, 13 games back behind first place Milwaukee. Diamondbacks have faded as well. They're now 33-41, and 41, 13 and a half back of the Dodgers. The Colorado Avalanche won their first Stanley Cup championship since 2001, beating the Lightning 2-1 last night and winning that series four games to two. So Colorado is your Stanley Cup champions. And lastly, the College World Series saw Ole Miss win the title in Omaha, beating Oklahoma 4-2. Chief. They're really good, Ole Miss, because Oklahoma was really good. Yeah. And I think Ole Miss was one of the last four into that tournament. Um, they barely barely qualified, and then you know got hot and ended up winning the whole thing. But I mean, in order to qualify, you got to win one of the super regionals, right? Oh yeah, I mean, you still had a good season, but they were one of the last four in. They weren't an automatic bid. Uh, nobody is. There must be something to the to the effect of where they have. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's automatic qualifier into the regional portion or what, but well, they, they were not. They did not win like their conference. Well, the Irish beat. Uh, uh, Tennessee, which is number one all year, right? To get out of that super, because they, if they weren't an automatic bid, nobody was. I right. Think. Those guys said, "Got to wonder how the hell they they made." Jan, how are you, bud? I'm okay, Sam, and you? All right. As usual, a little confused by the market. Anybody yep. who tells you they're not confused, don't pay any attention to them because if you study this stuff and you've been around as long as I have, you're always confused. I mean, that's the whole that's the whole beauty of it, I guess. Huh? Uh, we've got the and maybe Maddie can help us out here, but. Crypto hedge fund at center of crisis faces risk of default as deadline years to be to pay nears to pay six hundred and seventy million bucks. That's a lot of dough. And Russia slides into historic debt default as payment period decline expires. So we're sending money over there to buy everything at inflated prices from Russia. Yet we're gonna we're not gonna let them pay their debts to people here. I don't know who those people are if, they, if they're politically. Uh, in, in, into the into the government, I can't believe they're not finding some back ass way to 
to let that money in here. I guarantee you, well, I'm not going to guarantee you, but I suspect it's not BlackRock or Goldman that we're saying can't get paid. I mean, Oh, I'm sure not. No. Yeah, my question is, who is it that we're, that we're stiffing? <laughs> There's some other agenda there. Who, wh- why would you engineer a default? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mean, you're... you're, you're, you're I, I don't, I really don't, uh, I'm not... Like, even, even Kevin and, and to a certain extent Lou are saying that they think the administration's response to the Ukraine thing itself is has been pretty good. I don't, I mean, I, it's not like I'm an international econo- economist, but anytime, whatever we in the, in the, I would hope that Joe Biden got in the middle of the room for the G7 and say, whatever we're doing, we're bleeping up. I mean, the ruble's up, the gas prices, this guy's got more dough than we, than before we started. The Europeans are giving way more money to the guy. In, in excess gas and oil prices from the start than they've given to Ukraine. They're, they're financing the war. Well, with, the with sanctions side. like these, who needs bailouts? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't... I don't. Uh, whatever it is, I'm not saying I'll give you a list of five things I would do differently, but at least I'm looking at it saying, this isn't working. I don't think. I mean, we, we got a few we got a few big yachts. By the way, man, I hear you rented one of those big Russian yachts for a week. Is that true? Uh, no. Oh, all right. Would you even know how to drive? I wouldn't want to drive one of those damn things. It's like an old ocean liner. Of course not. Well, that's why you need a crew. A crew, right? Absolutely. I do. I bet they have maneuvering thrusters, though. You don't have to just pile in like something we usually drive, and you got to put it in reverse and stop it. I bet. I've never driven a boat of any size. No, I used to drive Doctor J's around, and we used to. I used to drive our Chris Craft. I was driving to Lake of the Four Seasons, and the rudder fell out. That made it hard. <laughs> Fortunately, it was close to land, and we could just like tow the thing in before it sunk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad day. Uh, Robo's the extent for me, Tom. That's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God. The uh, anyway, the the ones uh, like John's boat, they were pretty interesting because, of course, John always had an issue. If if you're not going, if you got the the, the twin uh, motors in the back, if you're not going more than like you know a, a reasonable speed, the rudder is useless. If you're going slow, you got to put one in reverse and. And we, of course, were coming into the harbor one night with one of them not working. So making the turn into uh, Div- Diversity Harbor with only one motor working. If, if both are working, you can turn it on a dime. But if not, you, you, the rudder, you might as well not have one. <laughs> it's like, anyway, they're all sort of different. But you want the, you don't want the maneuvering thrusters, Matty, where you can just push off from the dock one big enough. You don't have to, like, back it out or anything like that. That's, anyway. Sailboat, now that's a whole different story. you got to know what you're doing with that. But, I, uh, John, we left Friday night. Downtown was alive with protesters and alive with uh, uh, nothing but way more state police than I ever knew we had. I guess the, the Chicago police were probably closer to the demonstrations, but didn't really hear any anybody. And there was no riots or anything. It was just a lot of people down here. Boy, it was it was they were vocal. We heard them blocks away. We're sitting outside at the series and uh, over at uh, what Federal Plaza, and you could hear everybody. Um, I don't know what uh, on this. The, the article that you sent me the other day regarding, uh, well, I forget who wrote the darn thing, but I read, read through it and it's been kind of a, a minor theme of mine for a while, as you well know, because you're on here a couple times a week, that somehow or another, there's, there's, there's somebodies that are really making out like a bandit while all the rest of the people are arguing. And, uh, in regards to the, the abortion thing, I'll, I'll just make kind of one comment, hopefully, and, uh, the last thing we need right now, with the divisiveness we have, is for every state legislature to start 
fighting over this for the next 25 years every single time you change legislatures or governors. It is it is not something that we need to have happen on, a, on essentially a weekly, yearly basis. I mean, we, we don't need another level of divisiveness. I'm not, not taking a side. I'm not doing anything. I'm just saying uh, we don't need that, John. Or am, I, am I wrong or not? Well, you know, it's, there's always going to be divisiveness about this topic, and others like it. Um, unfortunately, the, the divisiveness of the last 50 years, 60, you know, however far you want to draw the boundaries, um, was the wrong way to go about finishing the debate because Roe versus Wade certainly didn't resolve anything in the minds of most people, even the ones who were, you know, making the outcry now about, you know, how it's been overturned and what was me and all that. Um, Roe versus Wade was never a satisfactory solution to anything and is part of the reason why, you know, for the last 50 years the, the debate has not stopped and the, the tempers have continued to fray about it. Um, what I would like to see, and you know, this, this may be wishful thinking, but when you have controversial topics where people are always going to disagree, and I don't see that disagreement being changed or, or removed in any way, you're better off letting the most local outfits that have some kind of say in their people's population to weigh in on it. And anytime you you just say, well, it's too hard for us to deal with. Let somebody at the top make the decision, and we'll just continue to simmer and fight about it. Uh, is not a solution, and it, it 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 wastes people's time. It wastes people's energy. It, it makes the de- debate even more confused than it really should be. And what's worse too, and you can see what's happened in the last three years, when you don't have legis- state legislatures weighing in on stuff of important local interest, then you get. People governing by executive order, you get lockdowns, you get nobody accountable. You know, the legislature has decided we don't want to tackle whether there should be travel restrictions or school shutdowns or anything else because, gee, we we might really take a hit at the voting booth the next time if we come down on somebody's wrong side. But that's what they're there to do. And instead of the state legislatures weighing in on this, you have the CDC who nobody voted for and nobody can get rid of. Even the president can't seem to get rid of those people. Uh, so I, I don't trust those people to be making govern, governmental decisions by fiat and not being accountable somehow. So, it, it, you know, when you have uncomfortable stuff and you have, you know, structures like governments try to deal with it and, and manage those tempers, I'd rather have the states do it than the federal government any day. Can you get... Uh there's, you know, a bunch of different views on that. And the one thing that always struck me at one time, once in a while, you get the, uh, the aqua velva moment where you get the cold slap in the face. I was, uh, I was in uh, New York <clears throat> and we were doing a, I don't know, my, my marketing chairman job. <clears throat> I was at, actually at a World Series game and that part was nice. Um, the old Yankee Stadium. And, uh, so I had to get to, the CBOE was allegedly trying to buy the, well, they weren't allegedly, they announced it, trying to buy the Pacific Stock Exchange at the time, and I was on that double secret committee. And, uh, so I had to fly from Newark to San Francisco, which is one hell of a flight, by the way, uh, cause you're, well, you're, you're pretty much going against the window. It's a six and a half hour flight. It's like going to Europe, for God's sake. So I get on the plane and you fly and you look out, you know, the right side of the plane and you see five states. You look out the left side of the plane and you see five states. I know people that are states writers. I think they're only states writers when they think the state's going to agree with them on what they happen to be. The idea 
of having 50 different laws on something like abortion to me is is so crazed. I mean, it's one thing. I mean, every, every state has a murder law, and I guess you can have people, you know, ham, ham back and forth regarding it should be, you know, 80 years in jail or 60 or whatever. I, I, I can go with that. But it's not like half the states say murder's okay and the other half don't. You know, I mean, so I, I mean, on something like this, I just find it incredibly divisive that that it's that it's just that it's just going to be this different no matter where you go. But I, the legal question that I want to ask you is: all these sort of a ancillary laws that so many states are kind of really pushing, where if you, if, if you drive somebody to the other state for an abortion, you could be prosecuted or sued. How, how does all that happen? I mean, I mean, I don't see how that is. That's that's you know, that's I won't say the word constitutional because I'm not a constitutional attorney, but how, how do you add that kind of crap to something like this if you're if you're really, you know, the crazed people on one side of this issue? Well, you you, you push for what you think you can get away with until somebody you know snaps back at you, and the thing is, any state's attempt here to regulate this is of course going to be subject to judicial review. At the local, well, they don't think so. At the federal level, it isn't like this. This issue is going to be somehow settled by by the decision last week. Well, it certainly wasn't settled by Roe versus Wade. But I think you know, until you have a constitutional amendment that says there is a constitutional right to whether it be abortion at a certain you know time limit or gay marriage for whoever wants to get it, we don't have such. Provisions in the Constitution, so the Supreme Court has decided to invent them. Yeah, but there's no provision for regular marriage in the Constitution. Right, right. The states have always had the right to regulate that, and and you know as they should. Um, Whether it's you know common, you can't have a common law marriage in in Illinois. I don't see any burning interest in making it possible in Illinois to have common law marriage, but you can get it elsewhere. So. This this is all. I mean, this is the beauty and the horror of having you know a federated system like we have. That I I think we've we've pushed ourselves to the limit by not taking advantage of that. We've somehow deferred to the federal government when we get squeamish about stuff, and you don't want to trust the federal government to mandate rules for other people across the board. But if, until you kind of decide, well, here's what we're going to do. If this is of such an important national interest that we sh- we should have a constitutional amendment, then, then by God, get one. It isn't like we haven't amended the Constitution in the past. In a long time. The gaps in it. But I don't know. Can you imagine a constitutional amendment of such a kind passing? I don't think it ever could. Really. Well, herein lies the rub, and it just happens to be in today. Um at various points during his career, Matty Weber has actually done an amazing amount of study on an issue. Now, he probably even forgets that he did it. But uh, Matt actually uh, did a study regarding how much the representation is in the Senate of low-populated states versus high. And if you remember, he did this, Matty, if you still have your numbers around somewhere. I'm sure they're not with you. But uh, the amount of the, the incredible lack of representation from the big states on issues like this, to me, is nothing nothing short of repulsive. You know, the idea that in uh, that in, in you know in Wyoming, like was it sixty thousand people control a senator or something, and and, and you know in in California, it's what how many bazillion? I mean, it's uh so the idea in this day and age, you, you could have 
let, let's say I think 50-some percent of the people think that some reasonable abortion time, or I won't say whatever reasonable happens to be in anybody's mind, is is appropriate. doesn't matter. If you got 20% of the people saying no and they're in the right state, you can't get two-thirds. No, the Constitution, the way we're represented now, by anybody's stretch, except if you're the, the extreme right-winger, it's nuts in terms of numbers. I think. I mean, not, I don't. I don't think that. I'm just looking at it. It sh- the, let the <clears throat> let the numbers show. I mean, where am I wrong? Well, you know, but for that we wouldn't have a constitution, though, Tom. Because that until, was 300 years ago. States equal representation in a house called the Senate, and proportional representation according to the House of Representatives, we wouldn't have a constitution at all. Well, okay, so, now but now it's it's reaching a an, an incredibly almost almost absurd number. In my, I'm not, this is not my, I'm not making a political statement. I'm just looking at the numbers saying, wait a minute, what are we doing here? I'm, I'm just saying. Well, you know, the solution to that is to have a divided, you know, country. So, I mean, that, and that can happen too. So, I mean, if, if, if this, if it looks like the people in urban centers who, you know, are paying free for so many other people around the country aren't getting their way on this stuff, and it's time for them, perhaps, to, to band together. This is exactly what happened in the 1850s. And, you know, with, with some of the same reasons that the people are talking this way now, too. That, you know, they didn't have 50 states to deal with in the 1850s like we do now. It's, it's, an, it's a more ungainly system than it ever was. And, you know, we've been down this road before where we found it extremely hard to administer things in a way that was perceived as Well, fair. let's put it this way. If... if if we had a constitutional convention today and we still wanted 50 states, California would be three of them. Or a separate country. Well, no, I mean, you would put, j- just like you do here in Illinois, I mean, what, what, what is the difference? And I'm not, I'm just saying, in terms of representation, uh, just like here in Illinois, guess what? You bleeps have lost people. You're going to lose a representative and, you, and you're going to have to redistrict so the districts are, quote, <laughs> even. You're going to have to lose one. We used to have, what, we used to have 17, now we get 16, or is it 18 and 17, whatever it is. Uh, you're going to lose one. Well, right now, you know what? Wyoming and Idaho, you're together, guys. <laughs> and take North Dakota and South Dakota with you. I mean, that, that's one state now. Because guess what? The population is such that you, you guys don't get eight senators up there when, when you've got a, a quarter of the, of the, of the people in, in California, and they got two. I mean, you know, I'm just saying, if, if, if it happened again today, Jim, I mean, I know where your leanings are in terms of politics, but in terms of the numbers, I mean, how, how does Rhode Island get two, two senators? Are, are they even as big as L.A.? I'm thinking no. Well, those are just quirks of geography. I mean, maybe Chicago should be the 51st state. Well, I'm, I'm saying it's, I mean, I'm either, you, you should... All, all this is, is, is extremely debatable, too. I'm, I'm not throwing it out. Saying we, we can't have this debate, but this is the level at which you have to attack the change. It's not going to happen by depriving the state of a senator or two senators because they're not big enough. Well, but I'm saying that that isn't at all the Constitution that we're, we're stuck with, and I'd say thank God we're stuck with it. And maybe we should concentrate more on making it better instead of well. But right now, it's it and, and seeing it as something unable to be changed. But but my point is that. The constitutional amendment seems to be, you know, pretty much out of the question now. We, we didn't get it with the ERA in the 70s, and there was as much hand-wringing over that at the time as there is over Roe versus Wade now. 
don't know if it, if we're any closer to having it now. It, although, if you could have a focused debate and and really show it intellectually what's at stake and the and the advantages of of doing it on a national basis that way, it isn't like it failed in the past. We have well, the constitution we have now is the product of this process that we seem unwilling to even consider. But now. but you and I might, if we ever, if we find an issue that we agreed upon, which is maybe not possible. It's, it's pretty easy, I think. Huh? Well, we'd find one. We'd have a, we'll have we believe we'll both have another. We can. There's an issue we can agree on. But I'm saying is, if if you and I were to write the constitution today, God, it wouldn't want me in the room there. I'm going to say that an amendment might be. A national election, sixty-five percent of the people, or something like that. I wouldn't go. Why would I ever go state by state when when the population numbers are so uneven? Well, it depends on who you're trying to placate. Or I'm not trying to placate anybody. I'm just saying. I don't. If, I, if I'm a guy who landed on the uh, was a was a who landed here in a saucer from the from the fourth moon of Alpha Centauri, if there is such a place, and you would say we want to have a, a constitutional amendment, we take them very seriously, and we want like. 60 or 80 percent, whatever number it is, pick a number, 75 percent of the people to agree with it, you would never say get 75 percent of the states right now, because that's not even close to being 75 percent of the people. No, well, but, but you know, would, would Illinois try to amend its constitution? It could. I mean, they tried to do it with the graduated income tax. That flopped. Well, we tried to do would, it with... Would, uh, would be able to do it for you know, the right to an abortion up to 12 weeks, or, or you name the number of weeks, is a constitutional right in the state of Illinois? That, that would be a place to start. Well, but Illinois is by, is by, Illinois doesn't say sixty uh, percent of the counties have to approve it. It's it's by a vote, right? Well, I'm just saying. If we, well, I mean, and that, but you, do you hear Pritzker or anybody saying, well, if we can't get Roe versus Wade back to save us as a country, then by God, let's fix our constitution here in Illinois to save us. I don't hear anybody saying that. Well, I mean... The, the, I mean, Larry Lightfoot talks about being a sanctuary city, and Eric Adams and all these people come here for your abortion. Well, that's fine. But do you think any of those politicians are about to say, well, we're going to throw this open to the voters and see what they say about it? Of course not. Oh, no. Because they're afraid of the result. Well, I'm saying... Either way, I'm not, either I'm, side is afraid of I'm the not, result. I'm not saying... Oh, you're never going to get me to say Illinois is the, the right spot here. I'm just saying, it, when, it, when it comes time to change something like this, and again, I'm going after Mr. Weber's numbers that he doesn't remember, but I do. And Maddie, what, based on what you did, what you what percentage? Say, if you had, if you needed what, you need two thirds of the states, Jan, for for an amendment. Yeah. Well, if you, if you take the smaller states, a lot of them whom are red, not all. I don't see how you ever get there. How, how do you get there? You could have, you could have eighty percent of the population, just as it did for prohibition and other stuff. That you know, it didn't take long for them to undo that too by constitutional amendment. So there have been mistakes in this process as well, and experiments have gone south real fast. Um, but that's that's one of the nice things about the Constitution. You can fix mistakes. You know, comes on the horizon or things you've done bad in the past. You can undo. But, the, but, but these type of things. They just they just proliferate, and I think what Maddie came up with was at the Supreme Court. Now, it, at this point, I don't really have a huge problem with the way the Supreme Court judges. Well, actually, I actually do have a serious problem, not about this particular issue. Um, I, I think that uh, in, that right now, given the way the states are, okay, with the difference in population and stuff, and I don't care whether they're red or green or blue. I would say that the Supreme Court judge should be a ten or fifteen year term. 
I mean, these two people put on there, they're going to be there 60 years? That's a little too long, Dan, in my mind. Well, I'd, I'd rather go for age limits um, for, a lot, for every political office more than term limits. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see why the way people are staying healthier longer. I don't have a problem putting somebody on the Supreme Court who's sixty-eight. There's a lot of people we know that are sixty-eight that are pretty, are pretty with it. Well, you know, the reason they have it as as a, a life appointment is because they wanted it to be not like the the, the legislative branch. Or the, the I understand. Branch. Well, what my point is is we have two people on there right now. Okay, and we had Trump with his big bazoo talking about what a great thing. If I'm supposed to believe from both Trump and the last two people that are on there, the lady from Notre Dame and was it Garland? Who's the other guy? Uh, Frank Kavanaugh? Yeah. If I'm supposed to believe, if, if, if those three people are going are gonna to tell me that I am so stupid that during the, the hearings between Trump and them in private discussions, if they didn't agree that Roe versus Wade went down the first time they had a chance, guess what? I'll, 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 I'll be naked in state in Madison. And yet both of them came out on, on national TV a uh, hundred times they were asked, oh no, it's been here for 50 years, that's not something we'd even think about doing. Yet the first time they had a chance, they did. I don't, I don't like my public employees lying to me, and I don't like them to have a lifetime thing when they do. If, if they both would have come out and said, the first chance I get, I'm going the other way on this one, I almost don't have a problem with it, John. But I do now. Well, I, re- I respect more a judge who sees a problem and tries to fix it. Whatever they promised to do, and I, I don't buy judges who promise to do anything. I don't. I don't believe their promises for one thing. But I don't. I don't think any judge should do that, especially the Supreme Court nominee. Um, so whatever may, maybe allayed people's fears, and this has always been the case to, to make somebody palatable to the Judiciary Committee. You don't come out as, a, as somebody with a hair on fire. I'm going to vote this way the first chance I get. Because nobody wants a justice like that. Yeah, except that's what we're getting. That's exactly well, what we're getting. I, I see it, Tom. Roe versus Wade was wrong from the get-go. Just like Plessy versus Ferguson and Separate But Equal was wrong in 1896 from the get-go. And yet the country stuck with it, you know, for 60 years in the case of Plessy versus Ferguson till Brown versus Board of Education got her head wrapped around another idea that you know there shouldn't be forced separation of the races um but you know that was perfectly okay with, with you know lots of supreme court justices they were ab- abiding by their precedent all through most of you know at least the first half of the 20th century but it was wrong when it, when it was first instituted and only one dissenting voice in 1896 said the opposite that the constitution is colorblind I don't know if he could say that today. I think the Constitution is not looking very colorblind to me these days. Well, you've got... But, but at some point, you, I would, you know, no matter what it takes sometimes to get somebody appointed to fill a seat, i got to hand it to any any politician who can get a justice on the court and get three of them as Trump did, whatever you think of Trump, in one term to do that. And, you know... That's the reason that happened is because a lot of things that had nothing to do with Trump. Because well, people dying. Do you think he, you think he killed her? herself to resign when she could have and give it Obama a chance of replacing her. But no, she wouldn't do that. She was too in, in for all of herself as an icon to the left. Well, what and I would that, do you know, is that's not Trump's fault. What I would do until there's and I I, I hate doing this because I like good government. If if the next president is uh, Republican, which maybe he will be, he or she. 
and the Senate is Democratic, I don't care if the guy puts somebody in the, the, the second day he's there. I'm saying we're going to wait for the new election, just like they did to Obama in his last year. And, and let's take this all the way to the extreme to where let's let's break it down. Let's get to the point where we have to come to some kind of a an intelligent decision on how we're going to do this stuff. I mean, to me, I, that was one of the most despicable things I ever saw in government. Oh no, we're not going to we're not going to do this guy for a year. What do you mean a year? Well, we think that the number we don't want a president with only a year left. Where does it say that in our in our precious? The thing about these constitutional people, John, is they read it with a, with a with, with myopic glasses. They read it the way they want to read it, just like you and I read, would. Maybe we'd do the same thing. I don't think I would, but I'm not accusing you. But I just got one here. I want to lob this one out at you. You know, what people think I'm, I'm even more nuts than I am. I'm going to say that the the abortion rights people. Uh, remind me a real lot of the NRA. Not, not in any kind of policy, but there is no such thing as a compromise. There's no 8 weeks, there's no 10 weeks, there's no 12. Just like the NRA, if I can't own a tank, somehow it's the camel getting his nose under the tank and I have to be able to own a, or the tent and I have to be able to own a tank. Someday, somewhere, people are going to get so tired of getting shot and the, and the NRA, I mean, Biden just signed a, a sweeping bill this weekend. Background checks. Anybody who thinks background checks work, anybody who thinks people care about background checks, what are they smoking? Nobody gives a crap. Anybody? I don't, I don't think background checks would have prevented any of the shootings no, in Chicago no. for the last 20 years. No. No, it would make no difference. Well, if you actually, if you actually did it, but it's unenforceable. Just like the people right. I saw blown through the stop signs. If there's nobody out there enforcing it, it's useless. This stuff is useless. So I, I honestly believe that someday, somewhere, that even the six-year-old or the six-month-old who got shot on Saturday, we're, we're, we've turned so numb to this. One of these days, there's going to be 50 people shot in, in Chicago, and half of them are going to be under the age of five. Somebody somewhere is going to get some background to do about it. And one of these days, we're going to see, I don't know if we're going to need a, a, a guy with a little mustache in charge, somebody's going to say, Nobody gets to carry a gun on here. Nobody gets to shoot somebody. Because right now, it's mayhem every place. And the people are tired of it. But I'm saying it's the NRA's inability to compromise that one day will be their downfall. Just like the abortion right people. They can't say, figure it out after 12 weeks. They couldn't do that. It's got to be, I mean, you know, they can't say, figure it out after 14 weeks. The, the total inability to compromise, I think, was the downfall, John. Am I wrong or not? No, and if, if it's due to the fact that there's been such a drift in the pro-abortion movement over the years so that it has to accommodate the, the outliers in the debate. The, the United States is very much an outlier on the planet when it comes to liberal abortion laws. Um, we're right there with North Korea and China. You know, I wouldn't use those as models of you know, protecting those innocent members of your population and, and people that you should emulate. But we are, and it, it didn't start that way. I mean, the, 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 you can see it in the way Roe versus Wade was crafted, kind of made out of whole cloth. It was to make people feel comfortable and safe. No, it's only going to be the trimester. You know, da, 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 da. well, you know, now you have people like Stacey Abrams refusing to say there should be any restrictions on abortion. Yeah, abortion. Well, you know that that isn't going to fly. Did you even a lot of the, the you know, people who are, are okay with abortion? Because at what point do you say, well, what, you know, why stop at the moment of birth? You know, this kid's driving me nuts today. Can I get a court order if I'm eradicated? I mean, well, what, what's the end result of a 
drift like that when you you have to keep moving farther and farther away from the center in order to attract more and more people to scream on your behalf. And that's that's to me is what the the pro abortion crowd has become. And it's, it's to me it's a laughing stock. I wouldn't want these people deciding how to you know, run a family or how to create a family for anybody. Um, but but this is this is what they have to do in order to keep getting contributions in. And at some point you have to say, well, this is this is completely nuts. And, and this is the way the left feels about the NRA and other right wing organizations. Well, this is the way the right wing feels about left wing organizations. But it's not just they have to keep making the pitch more and more base and screwy in order to keep getting members. It's like the, like the teachers' unions or something. Yeah. But I mean, the idea with the guns does anybody honestly think? Shooting after shooting after shooting, that that the background check and all, and all the, the the half steps we've made. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not at all for, you know, everybody knocking everybody's door and, and searching their house and taking the gun. You know, everybody knows that's not my. I'm I'm, ju- I'm just I'm just helping people read the tea leaves here. The tea leaves are whatever you think you're doing. <laughs> I'm getting getting guns out of the hand of the wrong people. You aren't doing it. <laughs> whatever you think you're doing. It's it's either a big joke or you're just really bad at it. But where am I wrong? No, of course. You know the, the thing about the, the Supreme Court, though, Tom, and this is you know, I'm glad we didn't get Merrick Garland, by the way, because not seeing him as Attorney General, I'm sure glad he's not sitting on the court. I'm not saying he's a he's a star at all, but I no. But I'm, I'm just saying that there, there was an agenda there too. Well, I mean, here now you have out of the blue, and, and when you talk about constitutional issues. And people look at their government, which they constantly do, and they say, wait a minute, how the hell can this happen? Right now, after the whole mess, Clarence Thomas, who got on with some issues, he spent, what, how many years before he even said anything when he was on the court? And all of a sudden, he's got this kind of, I'll say, controversial wife. And now now he's going to be our our, uh, our our moral compass, and he's going to determine whether all these... He's the he's the official guy that, that that everything he thinks that ever happened to him, that they got to his spot was all him. That he the typical dude to me is he's you know he walked against against the wind uphill to school both ways, and you know he he's one of these guys now that somehow or another sees himself as God knows what. And I'm telling you, this country is not ready for that dude as our moral compass. Well, I'm not. Do worse, Tom. Who? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a long list. Well, we probably yeah. I shouldn't say we couldn't do worse because you can always do worse. But uh, but, but he's been put in this position. This is uh, you know the the irony to me is that you know Biden you know did everything he could to humiliate Thomas in his confirmation hearings, and you know the, he was treated as a non-entity, just you know like a, a duplicate you know a rubber stamp of of Scalia all the well, which all he did was vote for and you know it took it took a lot of grief. From from every side of the political spectrum, really, for not being assertive enough, and you know, one thing that people don't really, I think, appreciate or or that they really want to think about is how people do develop on the Supreme Court. So that you have Hugo Black, who was a Ku Klux Klan member, you know, <laughs> ended up you know, one of the one of the most you know bug-eyed liberals, right up with William O. Douglas. By the time he died, this wasn't in the cards. It's the same thing with Earl Warren. I mean, there's been a whole procession of people who kind of begin to flex their muscles, grow into the role, and turn into something that they themselves couldn't have envisioned when they first took the bench. And that's that's the, the, you know, the beauty and the horror, like I, I said before. That there's, 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 
no way to predict what's going to happen. But what I see now, this demonizing of Clarence Thomas, well, I remember, he yeah. should have kept his mouth shut. Well, I, I think it's the same. His, his book is BS. Well, the same story about, uh, who was the guy, was it Souter? They voted, right. they voted to be able to, uh, another Supreme Court beautiful decision. I, I think, uh, again, I'm, I'm debating with the attorney here, but I think that the eminent domain clause was you can take somebody's private property what at, at fair value if you're like building the road or whatever, or a canal or some crap, right? Um, you can make somebody sell to the government. It never once said, in my opinion, uh, that you can condemn somebody's property and give it to somebody else for, for another business purpose. And yet, Supreme Court ruled that you can. Now, and, and Souter evidently had a, a house that he was very proud of. Like a, my problem with these guys is, is 25 years in the limousine is way too long. You gotta open the door. It's just, I have the same criticism of these people I do for Janet Yellen and Jay Powell and everybody else. They can talk all they want about how they, they know regular people. When, when do they ever talk to a regular person? That I, I mean, I, maybe they do, but if they do, they have to make an effort of doing it. And what did the guy, the guy like, snuck on Souter's property, and I'm not, you know, saying it's a good thing on trespassing, and the guy pounded a, a sign into the ground saying, this, welcome to your new Walmart or something? But, I mean, I don't think these guys have any idea this could ever affect them. You know, I mean, and, that, and that's a problem over how many years. Plus, they can be sick, they can be God knows what. Is there, There's no way to get them out of there, even if they're, if, if, they're, if they're watching cartoons during, during the thing, when they, you know, they get to that stage. There's no... I especially didn't like the part about uh, Clarence Thomas on, on the issue that his wife was all over. He, he didn't have to recuse himself because of that. And they said, well, who gets to re- decide who gets to recuse himself? Well, they do. I don't want that, John. I don't want that. That's what's always been the case. Well, th- I'm just saying, I don't want it. From day one, I wouldn't have wanted it. Well, it's the same way here. It's the same way at every level of the judiciary. And, you know, maybe maybe we don't like it, but, you know, I don't see any way of changing it. Okay, but I'm saying when I was committee chair at the CBOE and there was a vote on something in your pit, I'd say, John, would you mind standing out in the hall for a while? And you didn't say, no, I'm good. It wasn't your call. I was a chairman. I mean, I I think that the chief judge should be able to tell one of the other guys that this is your, that that you can't be in here on this one. Or somebody should. I don't want the chief justice having that authority. who, Who does that? No, nobody gets to make all these. Nobody gets to decide whether whether they're behaving, no matter what, on what level. I mean, even the president gets voted out, right? Yep. I'm, you know, I'm just on point. My point is, there needs to be some. If we're not going to have any kind of moral background, we got to have other stuff that we could we can use here of some kind. It just, I, it just. But to me, it's all. How, if we can't even deal with stuff like this, I mean, to me, it's very obvious that there ought to be. Some sort of a uh, eight, ten, twelve week thing. What, what is what is it in like Denmark in those places? That's what it is, right? Yeah. Well, and, and just just do it. And well, if you're, and if, you're, if, you're that, if if you know the, the people could get their you know faces out of the megaphones at these rallies and and sit down and write a, a, a constitutional amendment and see how it goes. They don't want to do that. Is my point. But they could do it, and they could make it innocuous and at least get a. a how el- it would have to be innocuous for all fifty states to adopt it. First of all, it would be nothing that would satisfy anybody. But that's that's the best you're going to get. There is no way you, you're going to find any kind of magic number that, that an abortion is considered safe or moral for any 
No, I mean, there's, no, there's nobody, nobody that would say that this is the best thing in the world, that this is our new form of birth control, and I don't think. Anyway, Jan, you're, you sent me the article the other day that I was reading. It's actually been sort of my theme, and you got to be careful you don't judge articles because if they agree with you, they're good, and if they don't, they're bad. You, 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 can't, you can't drop into that sin that I think a lot of people are in. But um, basically, I forget the guy's name, but it, he talked about is is people get more and more divisive that the, the divisiveness is essentially being stoked by somebody, and that whoever is the somebodies are, he's convinced that the top people on both sides of the aisle are all in it together. Whatever it is, the, the taking over of the of the of the country's wealth by somebody or some group of somebodies, and that, that's the thing about the thing that really shocks me about this Roe versus Wade is. We don't need with all the other stuff, whether you're for or against, or wherever you are on the, on, the, on the chain. We don't need this thing being the major debate that fifty to pay, fifty houses in the in the country, and every time we change a government, we do it all over again in every state. I, I we, we don't need this for the next hundred years in terms of divisiveness. We need we need more divisiveness now, like we need another bottom hole in my mind. So, in, in the, while people are arguing about this, somebody's stealing has always been my thing and it's just going to get worse. I mean, I don't I don't know who you know, Russia debt default now they're let, not letting the money through. Who are we punishing for that? It's not not going to get his check. At the same time, we're going to buy Russian oil or and, and gas for three times what it was before the world the war started. I mean, there's a lot going on here, John, that is really really screwed up and we don't need any more other things to deflect us from it. Is where is my problem with this whole thing? Because like you say the rest of it I always thought Roe versus Wade was some kind of an odd thing in the first place, and I don't understand why people are so for somebody having to get an abortion. I mean, whether it's your right or not, I guess that I'll go with that. But what, I mean, does anybody think it's a good thing? I mean, what I'm saying is, it, it's just another thing to divide people, and I, we don't need it. I don't think. I, you know, it, I too, you know, would like to see less discord and more agreement but it's harder than ever to get even consensus on so much stuff now and there's there's so many interest groups that are opposed to consensus the the art of a compromise now is considered just a sell-out to people it's got it's got a dirty connotation attached to it and that you know if, if you but i'll tell you tom it is it is always been very profitable to keep people Yelling at each other—it's—it's it's one thing that continually churns, you know, money, whether it's political contributions, political campaigns, you know, lobbying, whatever. International politics—it's—it's it's breast beating and you know, you know, hand wringing and everything else. But it, it, and unless you have that, if everybody's happy with the way things are, there's going to be somebody waiting, already primed. To undo that, well, look at violently if necessary. Well, so I'm, I'm just saying that I would like there to be less discord. There's such an industry now, now though, that is in favor of it and promotes it and makes it inescapable. That I, I don't know how you're going to get away from it, other than that you keep it somewhat controlled and you try to keep it from leaking into areas where it doesn't belong. You know, there's a reason why why Dante put the sowers of discord in one of the lowest circles of hell, and he considered heretics and you know, duplicitous monarchs or crooked generals or whatever else that he could think of in his time to put there, because he saw these people as the root of things 
Well, John, I really and yet believe there wasn't. And you know, you can't undo the, the, these people that they see an advantage in it, and they lose all perspective on it. But but there's a whole army of these people now who are sowers of discord. Well, the uh, were they were they below the the crooked pope? He had he had him on like oh, yeah, level yeah. five, wasn't he? This is this is when you get down to the the field of ice with with the, the monster cockatus that you know, is eating people upside down. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, I mean, it's an interesting panoply. I'll, I'll I'll go through and get you some days. You'd be surprised if it was in the lowest circles of hell and the people who were in the highest circles. Manny, did you ever read Dante's Inferno? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> you know, it's, it's worth a read because he, he, in all these circles of hell where you you weren't you just go to hell and, and everybody's in the flames, right? There, there are all kinds of levels of how bad you were. <laughs> best, best course I ever had yeah. uh, was a course in, in English at St. Mary's my senior year. Um, the, 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 the nun at St. Mary's had to struggle to get kind of added to the curriculum because the enrollment was going to be low. But it was a seminar on Dante my first semester of senior year. And I think there were 12 people in it. What do you have un- unheard of, really, for for a class, even in the English department. But it was one of the most eye-opening experiences of my life, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've, I went back to visit Sister Francita at St. Mary's, and I'd taken every other course she had taught, but, but that Dante course made a huge difference in my life. Well, who was the pope they, pope they booted? Was it Pope Innocent? Was that his name, Innocent? Was that his name, or was it... Oh, yeah, there was a whole, whole string of not-so-innocents. And then he ended up he ended up like in a fourth or fifth layer, but they had, they had him way down, and he was a pope. <laughs> but every every layer, your torment by the day got worse. Which, <laughs> well, well, the all, all, and the punishment is always uniquely suited to you know the reason for your sin. So, <laughs> well, I got I don't know if you guys listened to uh, I listened to News Radio seventy eight yesterday, and I you know just sort of traffic on the way in, and now three or four companies. I I think G was one of them, but I don't know. I forget the if now they're magnanimously going to pay for their people's airfare or whatever to go to another state to get an abortion, and I'm sitting there going, as a guy who follows the money, I'm going to say if you've got like a four or five month or three month home thing for somebody who has a baby, it's incredibly cheaper for you to send them somewhere to get an abortion. What, why would any firm ever even do that and, and, and think that, that, they're, that they're doing somebody a favor? Well, they, they probably see it as a recruiting tool, huh? But, but, it's, but it's, a, it's a big savings for them. Of course. Well, and, and, you know, in this sort of topsy-turvy world we have it now, um, it's going to be lauded in some circles as you know, the, the ultimate self-sacrifice and act of generosity to improve the lives of their downtrodden employees. <laughs> Oh, so God. Be, be given every spin but the right one. Oh, God. So, Jan, what do you make of uh, the I was places this weekend, and all I heard about was uh, this price going up, that price going up, and everybody's starting to hit everybody. And all you hear on, on TV is buy the market because it looks like it's peaked and everything's okay. There, there seems to be a, a major informational disconnect uh, everywhere. Is, is, is it just... It just always happens, or it just now it's in my playing field and I notice it more. I don't know. And you know what's interesting, Tom? I went, I shopped at my local Aldi yesterday, where I go every other couple, you know, a few days or so, and the price drop since Friday was startling. Price drop. You know, eggs were down thirty-two cents. Well, they, they, they were yeah. Friday when I looked at them, and I didn't buy them. <laughs> I bought them yesterday. Well, that's the thing. You, you as is one of the how can I say this politically correctly? 
one, one, one of the dummies in the population. Is that politically correct? No. Uh, um, you're going to notice, and I would do the same thing. If I go to the, the, the restaurant depot, and the last time I bought a case of uh, 15 dozen eggs, it was 32 bucks. I've gotten them there for as low as 9 the average price over the years I've been doing that, uh, say 19 to 21. So I guess I could walk in next time and say the 31 is now 28 in cheer, or I can remember what it used to be. Right. I mean, but what, I mean, obviously I'm happier that it went from 31 to 28, but, uh, I mean, are, are we going to be happy now for the rest of our life that gas is well, all not, not, not real happy. And, and yeah. of course, with the, with the, you know, the, Taking vacation on the gas tax, which is one of the more idiotic things. Yeah, that's pretty dumb. Um, will will make such a, a small impression anyway. I, I can't imagine anybody cheering that ever, or for very long. But this is what you know. I, I guess if you, if you get people used to something that's always you know going one direction, and all of a sudden it goes in the opposite direction, I guess it just you know it's not quite like the stock market, but it does keep you on on your. But we've, we've we've cheered everybody into, and, and Trump, uh, he can he can talk all he wants and lie all he does all day, but he can say, look look at the money that the, that, that this guy's thrown out there. Yet if he had his if he had his druthers, he would have sent out the other check that the Congress stopped him from doing instead of Biden. And I think he probably thinks in his heart of hearts that if he just got that other check out, he might have won. And I I'm not so sure he would have, to be honest with you. Because he couldn't get it out, and Biden promised that he would. I, I'll bet there's, there was a lot of votes there. Uh, people vote in their pocketbook. It was what it was. A t- he and Trump can only send what eight hundred, and and Biden sent the other twelve hundred because re- they originally wanted to send two thousand. Do I, I remember that right? Something like that. And uh, and now, if you want to run for offices, what can I do for you, and we'll pay for it later. That's why the the, the pol- That's why we're in the mess we're in. Well, that was the, the Paul testimony. I mean, he acted in my mind economically like a total buffoon. But the people around him that are accusing him of doing this, the one, I think he was a Republican dude, is, is all over him. I could have told you there was inflation last year. <clears throat> you know, you told me that there wasn't, now there is, and you know, you're an idiot, and I'm smart. I'm sitting there, no, wait a minute. If you didn't pass, either under Trump or Biden, if you didn't pass these bills where you knew you weren't going to tax or borrow for them, and the Fed was going to come up with the money, don't blame him. That, that whole room together... <laughs> Trying to trying to find blame in one or the other people in the room when they're all on the same they're all on the same page. I mean, does anybody has anybody ever said, "Wait a minute, you're 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 all guilty"? How how does anybody in there, any Republican or any Democrat, since we just have changed presidencies, and we had Trump spending all this money that he didn't have, and we got this guy spending all this money he didn't have, and by the way, Powell's printed for both of them. So how do the accusations even fly? Should they put a mirror in the room, and every time somebody talks, they put the mirror on the guy, or what? Well, yeah, we've had every president since LBJ spent money they didn't have. <laughs> what do you mean? Clinton said he had a surplus? Yeah, well... Actually, he did for a little while. Even though Carl claims he never really did. But they... Matter of fact, they, they, stopped, remember they stopped even issuing the 30-year bond when he had that. And I think some of that surplus... I mean, just think about right now. John and Maddie, the... If this Bitcoin fizzles out, can you imagine the amount of regular people that bought that thing and now have lost money and have three thousand to take off on an ordinary income for the rest of their life? Can we can we possibly if we're gonna do anything in the tax thing, can we throw people a bone and, and up that number? So Yeah, it's ridiculous. So it's the, criminal. 
Also, the people who bought, say, MicroStrategy at 100 and some, and went to 1,000 or over, if you sold it there, you owe tax on the 900. If you bought it there, now it's back to 100 and something, maybe it's back to 200. You can only take off 3,000 a year. I mean, it's, how, how does, out of all this, the talk, how many words are spoken on financial and news TV day by day? How does that subject never come up? Oh, there's a, there's a big reason why, Tommy. <laughs> I mean, why, why would a, why, why would the news people not want the number raised? When, how would it bother, you know, Jim, uh, what's his name, Kramer, if that number went up to 50000 I mean, why, why can't he say something about it? He, he talks about everything else. Well, look what the IRS would be taking in instead of the amount it's trying to take in now. They did that. There's so many reasons why it's well, not I, I, I mean, I get all that, but, hot but, topic, so. but uh, why in this day of we can't find anything to talk about because we're on, on the TV for 24 hours, why, why, how does that thing make it month after month, year after year, without anybody saying a word about it? Well, most people probably are completely unaware of it, unless they're affected by it. Well, believe me, there's going to be people affected by it this year with the market down for the first time in of a while. Of course. <laughs> but, you know, if you, it isn't like this is something that is going to be rolled out as something people should start beating the drum about. Because, I mean, we're in such precarious financial shape anyway. And in a down economy or downturning economy, um, what that would mean for, you know, the Money in the federal coffers is just you know, unthinkable. So, not not, not going to happen. I don't think. So, every time I get a, a thing, we got to go go elect tomorrow if we didn't already do it. Every time I get one of these glossy things from a judge, I think somebody gave the judge money and the judge owes him something, and I can't vote for the guy. Is that is it, is that the wrong way of looking at things? Or what? <laughs> it's the only way. <laughs> I mean, I, I know some. I know my buddy Bill, my attorney buddy, said. And when they get in there, if they're 26th Street or someplace, 99% of the cases don't affect where their money came from. But as soon as you hit the nerve, they owe somebody. If you oh, yeah. If you, yeah. I mean, if you got your million dollars from State Farm, you may be there 25 years, and someday you're going to get a case with State Farm, and you know how you got to vote or how you got to rule. Of course, they'll recuse themselves, though. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure that absolutely they will not. There was a time when they when they would, Jen. Anyway, take care of yourself. Talk to you on Thursday. Maybe, maybe I'll see you one of these days. You know, it's nice I weather. hope so, Tom. Yeah. It'll be a nice week. Yeah, it's supposed to be a nice week. SP Futures up 7 or leaking a little bit here. SP Futures up 27. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. 
This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen. Mr. Weber on the board. SB Futures, not only up 250, we're leaking here. Actually, the spiders are down 5 cents. Uh, NASDAQ up 10. Uh, we'll see. We had two huge days in a row. Well, I don't know. If we paused. I wouldn't exactly say it's all that bearish. But uh, but Dow Futures are only up 76. They were up over 100. For Europe, we've got... See, these guys were are, are way lower than they were. Um, DAX is only up 78. 0.6%. It was up over a percent an hour ago. What's he up 43.6%? Kek Ron's actually down 25.4%. They were up like 7 tenths of a percent a little while ago. Renasia, these guys haven't moved because they're closed. Nikkei up 379, 1.4%. Shanghai up 29.9%. But here's a big mover. Hang Seng up 510 to 235. Uh, mostly Chinese tech stocks, which keep going flying back and forth on whether we love them, we love them not, or whether we're going to do something to them. They, they've caused the Hang Seng market to be very volatile in the last year. The U.S. on Friday, though, we're up, up huge. There's no, no debate in this one. This was a real day. Dow was up 823, 2.7%. S&P up 116, 3%. NASDAQ up 375, 3.3%. That's a, that's a massive day. Uh, bonds up 8, uh, 30 seconds at 3.20. Uh, the bond up 12 to 1.56. I mean, they're, they're like almost, I won't say catching us, but they're, they're coming up faster than we are. Uh, Japan up three basis points, 0.25. Oil, uh, up 28 cents, 107.90. Brent up 55 cents, 113.67. Natural gas down 2%, 2 cents, 6.19. Uh, again, 9.30 a few weeks ago, so that's a big drop. Arbob up 2 cents, 3.91. Gold is up 2 bucks, 18.32. And the, the news, uh, we're gonna ban Russian gold from, uh, 
the rest of the world. I don't know how we're going to do that, but uh, silver up 27 cents, 2140. Copper up three cents, 377. And we have Bitcoin down 45 bucks, 21,213. So it's kind of hanging. It's over 21,000 the last few days. No big dip down in a little bit here. We'll see if they can they can stabilize those markets. Maybe we got for us traffic weather sports. 36 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. We have one major crash in the area. It's down on the Tri-State northbound. Just before Dixie Highway, there's a crash blocking the two left lanes that has uh, I-294 completely jammed up from this crash. And it's really our only major issue right now in the area. If you're coming in on the Edens or Kennedy, normal traffic of volumes there. Traffic starting to build on the Eisenhower and Stevenson, but no accidents to report. Same with the Ryan, I-57, and the Bishop Ford. Again, our big concern is uh, 294, I guess it's 294.80, that crash blocking the two left lanes just before Dixie Highway. Everything else looking good out there. Weather today, a sunny but very mild day today as temperatures dropped off considerably last night. A high of just 71 today. Right now it's crystal clear and 66 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, sunshine with a high of 104 Right now it's clear and 80. In sports, White Sox topped the Orioles 4-3 to yesterday. Cubs came back from five runs down to beat the Cardinals 6-5 to in 10 innings. It was the Diamondbacks over the Tigers 11-7. to In hockey, the Colorado Avalanche are your Stanley Cup champions. They beat the Lightning last night 2-1 to and won the best of seven series four games to two. Their first title since 2001. And in the College World Series, it was Ole Miss winning the national championship. They beat Oklahoma 4-2. to two. Chief. Are you with us? Can you hear me? Yes, I am. It's all your yes. fault. I couldn't uh, somehow hit the wrong button on my phone, and I had the, the show going, and I couldn't turn it off. You're the one who keeps telling me, don't go get a flip phone. Operator error. Well, no doubt. There's no doubt about that. I'm not, I'm not admitting that. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to get Nance on, and you were talking about my my guys last week in the mortgage service business are saying that they're uh, they're pretty busy. A lot of people are. Uh, and I just are we getting to the point where people are having? Uh, if you get a, new, a job out of town now, are you? Is it going to be a? Is it a big deal because you're you're leaving a three percent mortgage and you might be picking up a six? We got to be getting to something. I think that's a big deal. I mean, is that uh, have you have you known any sort of? Uh, um, I mean, I don't know how many people are, are being transferred now and how many people are working from home versus just because you get a new job doesn't mean now you're you're being transferred, but I mean, you actually have to move. But i got to believe it's a huge deal. Um, because, uh, but Nancy, will, I'm sure when she comes in, she'll be saying that she has a demand for uh, a lot of the adjustable mortgages, which she probably hasn't seen in years. But that, that demand's coming flying back, too. Have you, have you had anybody do those yet in the places you've sold? No, not so far. Not even, uh, not even think about it? Are you there? Hello? I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. a little problem. I'm getting, a, I'm getting feedback on the loop here. Sorry. Um, well, that's a good thing. But whatever we have, Matty will fix today. He hasn't been here in a while. He was out, he was out in... Uh, in uh, I know. I miss Matty. Good to hear his voice as always. Don't tell him that. He'll just get a big head. <laughs> Yeah, actually, everybody everybody does miss you, Maddie. But you're still here once in a while, so it's not like you're gone. But the uh, do we have Nancy? Unfortunately, not yet. We had her, and then uh, the phone lines cut out, and now we're trying to get her back on. All right, well, let's keep going on. So, what uh, you haven't you haven't had anybody do the adjustable yet, and uh, 
What, how are the other people, like the FHAs and the VAs, are they are they dealing with these? Are they just going up like everybody else, or what are they doing? Well, it's just, it's, you know, I don't have a lot of them going on. Uh, right now, I actually do have uh, one VA uh, that I'm working on right now, which is always great, always wonderful to help our vets out. Certainly deserve everything this country has to offer. Uh, but it, it's... Uh, Definitely has slowed down. There is, it's kind of interesting. The market is still really busy. Uh, there are people are, are still trying to get a home. So there still aren't enough available homes on the market to meet demand. And part of the problem is now that if you're sitting in your house with maybe a two and seven eighths to maybe three and a half percent mortgage and you were thinking about moving into a bigger house, a smaller house, downsizing, upsizing, getting that second home, uh, people are thinking long and hard about it to basically double their interest rate. So it's kind of exacerbating the shortage because people are just deciding what they did before is I'm just going to stay in my home. So it's kind of creating a log jam here where there's, again, shorting the inventory. Um, when you say that there's not much available, is that, is that real localized? I mean, you're, you're, well, you say you're basically southwest suburbs, but you've done stuff. You've helped people out in Indiana and downtown. Is it, what about other places? I mean, is it, is it still that? I don't know. I can't speak to that path besides my area here, or Illinois, at least in Illinois, Indiana. Uh, I know that the mortgage rate will be as higher for second home sale. That's going to be affecting the demand also. But at this point in time, the people who do still feel uh, that they have the money to buy their home, invest in their home, are definitely still doing it. As I said, it's been a multiple office situation. On a nice, if you have a very, very nice home that's moved in ready, there are still many buyers interested in your home. So it still is there at this price, and basically, it's just a shock for many people who've never purchased a home or just and thought the 3% rates were going to be around forever, uh, when most of us have grown up know that a lot of times the norm is around 8%. I would say in my lifetime, the, if I would say there was a, uh, a standard mortgage rate, I would say somewhere between 6 and 6.5 six and would be the average, or what I would say would be the see, normal. I think, remember, probably more of a, uh, an 8 or so. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and you know what, it's still... Uh, Six, seven, eight. Even though it's not what people are accustomed to right now, uh, a six, seven percent interest rate is still not a bad rate. It's not like you're paying twelve percent. Well, but if you're, which of course many of us live through also. But it's 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 a bad rate if the price went up twenty five percent in the last two years. But maybe you got to add the two together, right? Well, not necessarily. That's the prices of everything go up over time, and if it's still in demand for what you want, you know that that well, just is what it is. I'm just saying, in the last year, uh, according to Case Schiller, home prices are up 21 percent, right? So, I mean, you know that. Well, that's been for the last three or four years. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, if you add a 40 percent increase in in mortgages over the same period of time, mortgage rates, you're talking about a 30 to 33 percent price in home ownership, right? That's a lot. Well, you are, but if people want a home, 
Yeah, it's well, the reality you have to deal with. Oh, no doubt. You just uh, well, it, it will certainly eliminate a lot of people from the market, and it will probably adjust some people's price expectations about what they're going to pay. But people who are a have to have a place to live um, are still going to buy their house. Well, you have. Uh, I'm saying a, 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 I won't say an unusual clientele, but. Um, well, everybody's got unusual customers, but, uh, but a lot of your a lot of your people are. I'm going to say they're they're like the, the the option trading equivalent to doing a spread. It's older people selling where they are and downsizing. and it's younger people selling what they have and needing have another baby, needing another uh, another bedroom or something. A lot of what you're doing, people, are, it's a two sided transaction. What do you suppose if you were someplace where everybody was a first time buyer and and they saved up money this year, and all of a sudden they're. I mean, when my way, when this happened before, in the whatever year it was, uh, my brother had just gotten married, and he's an accountant guy, and he, 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 you know, of course, never wants to borrow anything. You know, he's real like accountant people are. He says, uh, you know, one year he saved up a bunch of dough because he didn't want to pay up for a house, and the next year, the money he saved up, the price, the price of the same house he wanted was up more than he saved up. So finally, he, you know. He jumped in, and sure enough, he cut his timing was right. And when they sold it, they the price I think doubled. And you know, ten years later, or whatever it was. But if you're on the wrong side of that, well, I mean, it, it can be your your first purchase, the timing which you don't really control. Really, it's you don't control when you were born. Uh, the timing you don't necessarily control it can either be a real positive for you or a negative, right? I mean, today, a first time home buyer taking the offer at one of these places, you could. I hope you don't, but you could get clobbered way more than somebody who actually just made the trade, right? Well, you don't know. You don't know. I don't think we're looking at anything like a 2008 at all. It's a very, very different market, and none of those those issues are raising their head. It's just simply a supply and demand function of the market, and not every area is as desirable or... Not everybody wants to be in certain areas, so some areas are doing better than others, like anything else. So I just, I, no, I just think that it's, it's a very different scenario. I don't think people are going to be left holding the bag. Do I think we topped out? Yes, I, I personally thought the high in the market was uh, about two, 60 to 70 days ago. So you're bumping along there, and people are getting top prices but we're I don't I think the fast escalation is definitely over but we're not seeing a big reduction in prices houses that need fixing uh, not exactly where everybody you know got uh, by the, the walk type town or wherever you're looking for in a house they're not escalating as rapidly so I think your price is leveled off but I don't see a big decline unless it's something that needs a lot of fixing and then I notice those houses are sitting and then being marked down. So if people can't get the move-in ready house, it's not, it's not as a desirable purchase. Just as everybody, I won't be talking out of school here for odd, but um, well, I had, you're also a stager, right? Don't, what'd you have to do to get that? Did you, have, did you have to pay somebody off for that? You actually went to go to school? Be a stager? <laughs> yeah, you was offered to yeah, from there, a class for it. It's a designation that realtors can earn, uh, type of thing. But, um, a house has to look good for most people, uh, to purchase it. They want 
they want their HGTV ideal, and a house that fulfills that criteria is the one that has the multiple offers. Well, just to give you an example, because Odd would never say this, she had a house on the market that I know a lot. I've been there a couple times, so I know I know a lot about. It. Beautiful place, and she's got it listed, and a few people go through, and kind of nobody wants it, and uh, they they said, well, you know, it's this and this. Well, Odd immediately just figures out what they're really saying is one end of it. The, the the person who lived there liked a lot of dark colors and things like that, so she um, basically recommended that they paint that whole section and put new light fixtures in. To you know, I'm going to say eight ten thousand bucks, nothing huge. And all of a sudden, the next three buyers, did you you got bids on every three of them, right? All three of them. Yeah, I did. And so, and I, I would say yeah. from nobody wanting it to bidding over the listing price was essentially a paint job and making it look bigger and more. I'm, I'm stunned at that, to be honest with you. But then you, I know you keep telling me people want to move in ready. I never I never dreamed it was that good or bad. I mean, people don't want to do anything now. I mean, I would sit there and go, I'll take it 30 grand, 30 grand cheaper and paint it myself when I was younger. People don't think that way anymore, do they? Well, a lot of people don't know how to do anything either. Um, I know a lot of people were not raised, uh, like I was raised with, with parents who could and basically do anything around the house. My dad could fix anything. So you didn't hire people. You just kind of did it yourself, and that's how it was. But nowadays, people did not come up a lot of times with mom and dads who were fixing. Basically, growing up, you know, if you only rich people hired people to do things in my neighborhood, you know, we were, you know, we were not really much above poor growing up. And everybody uh, did their own work, or the neighbors helped you fix it up, so you didn't expect perfection. But now, people a don't have the, the tools, the actual physical tools, or the ability to fix up, and they're so busy with their jobs that they just want something they can move into. Yeah, but it's it's kind of stunning. I mean, it's uh, but then again, if you know your business, you know how to make something look good. It's an advantage for you. Right, so walk yeah, us through. that's what we try to do. Try to make our clients happy. Well, walk us through how you do a, a minute. What, what is a VA loan? Uh, how how different is that? I mean, for for you to, or is, is that like FHA? Yeah, it's, it, it's a it's a process. Uh, the the veteran has to uh, go through a process, apply for paperwork, uh, actually get a uh, a letter from the VA. They get a cert, like it's a certification, um, you know, verifying that they served and. This entitles them to apply for a VA loan, which is great because it is a um, there's no down payment; it's a hundred percent financing for the veterans. Okay, and it is a, a, a very useful tool. And in certain cases, spouses can participate in benefits. Uh, it's a it's a great access point for people who have served our country. Is this wasn't this originally part of the GI Bill, the VA mortgages? I think it was. I think it goes back to that, yeah. But I do. Nancy would know a lot more about that than I do. To say we can't get her next time. Next time, well, well FHA. Um, and this when people are like bidding for houses and everybody's pre-qualified and all that other kind of stuff. How do you even how do you even get into a place if, you, if you're an FHA? It's, it's got to be hard when if everybody's paying cash and bidding over the the uh, the price. It's hard, uh, yeah, for anybody. And a lot of times, uh, FHA has. Uh, things tied to it that some people are afraid of, even though it's not necessarily a big deal. Uh, but you have to pass an FHA inspection on top of that 
and people have to come through and there's certain things that you can't have, uh, you know, can't have any electrical violations, roof issues, uh, peeling paint, things like that. But it's, uh, you know, it's just another process, basically. Well, I'd turn on you put your other head on for a second. What do you think of this market? We've had bear market. We got two big updates. Today we were up, and now we're kind of a little above the flat line. What would you say? Is this a bear market uh, rally, or is this the start of a new rally? Oh, uh, I think it's a bear market rally. I think we're going to see a lot of swings, and uh, it's going to be a really interesting. I think it would be very, very interesting all the way through November. But what is the, what is the connection between the? Uh, I mean, there's always a little the connection between your buyers. In, in the stock market and the Bitcoin. I mean, you don't have somebody say, I can't look anymore because Bitcoin went down 30000 and my money in bid. I mean, do you, do you ever get anybody saying stuff like that or is it all just kind of a, in their 401ks? And no, it's, um, and once you get in, in a, a little higher range, I think once you get uh, into people who are more investable, maybe anything over a 250-ish range where people have more money to invest, it's, they definitely are feeling a pinch. They're feeling poor, and once that that feeling hits the market, that's when you see a little bit of a pullback. Where uh, whether or not you took your loss, your perception is that you're feeling poor. You're going to be. It's across the board. It's not just the house. But you're going to buy that car. You're going to take that vacation, or you know, buy side up to buy some new furniture. Your perception of your wealth is probably affecting more things than the actual truth about it. So people are, remember the last recession and they'll pull their horns in a little bit and make sure that they're safe or they're going to, you know, decide whether they're going to take their losses. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world right now. So I think people are just a little more cautious because they remember 2008 and they don't, don't want to take a chance on uh, losing their wealth again. Yeah, that was a, that was a rough go. I mean, the 2000 when people lost a I think this situation is more like uh, 2000. Some of the stocks that were really high flyers, the ones that have gotten annihilated. I mean, the market's down. The S&Ps are down, well, after two rallies, I'm going to say maybe 20%. Uh, and the uh, QQQs, the NASDAQ's down maybe probably not even 30 now. But you can name, I can name the 10 stocks that are down 75, 80. And uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, and that's, that's a big thing. And uh, that's going to affect uh, a, a lot of people. And the younger generation who doesn't remember 2008 and definitely 2000, uh, the world changes pretty quickly. Well, yeah. so I think people just have to be aware of what they're doing with their with their stock portfolio and their housing. But, you know, the stock market changes unless you get the tech market. Uh, that, and, um, and the Bitcoin market, uh, it's going to be a very interesting ride. I think people just are going to have to be very aware of what their psychological toll could be, not just their financial toll, and um, again, to the point, hedge that portfolio, you know, something that you do very well for your clients, and anybody who doesn't have their portfolio protected in, in this environment, it, it's just, uh, it's just not a thing, you know, I think uh, you've got to, got to protect yourself. But, well, you've never, we only got 30 seconds, you've never been in a situation in your area, like, uh, Say Robin was in New Jersey, where uh, what was the name of the, the company, the Western Electric, where the uh, the whatever we used to be the most uh, essentially the AT and T stack, where the place went under, and one in four people in the area 
work at the place and all the houses went out for sale for the, at the same time. We've never had to really deal with that here in Chicago. Some areas do. I mean, what were a few? Well, it's cat, it's in, uh, caterpillars thinking about relocating and yeah. aren't they in, uh, Peoria? No, well, they're, area? well, they're, some, they're, I think their headquarters were here. They moved up here or someplace. The top 50 people or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, I mean, whenever you still get something like that. Well, I mean, if somebody moves, you're got, you've got a problem. Oh, yeah. Because uh, the entire economy is centered around that. Well, thank you very much. Good stuff as usual. SP Futures up four, NASDAQ Futures up 14. Back tomorrow, Stacks and Jacks. Hey, guys. What's up, G? Want to go to Chachki's? Get some coffee? Oh, it's a little early. I got to get out of here. I think I'm going to lose it. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.